I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is season three of Better Let Me Tell You. I have no idea why. Right now, running through my head is the the end song from the first high school musical i don't know that song we're all in this together la, na, and together na, we're na, forever na, i just na, made that up na, 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 na. don't know why well on that note let's start <laughs> episode 99 how is everybody well, you know, it's been friday and we are all in this together 99 episodes Ooh, we got one more i got 99 problems about a podcasting one well it depends on the day yeah this has been a particularly busy week for us it has about, in a good way in, in a, a good way, way in a good way, way in a good way so let, let's just like disclose it now and welcome everybody to episode, episode ninety nine. Yes. Happy Friday! Happy Pedal Friday! Happy Pedal Happy... Friday! It's uh, I mean we're a week away from our one hundredth episode. episode. So let's just like put it out there. The elephant now. in the room. The elephant in the room. So we have something special planned for our hundredth episode. It's but just not going to be the hundredth episode, episode. Yeah. because yeah. <laughs> due to different commitments that we have with you know people we've interviewed or are going to interview and yeah. different you scheduling know, conflicts scheduling conflicts that. that we have you know but let me look tell at you us, we scheduling have scheduling conflicts, conflicts. <laughs> that we are going to have scheduling conflicts <laughs> and due to some scheduling conflicts as well as some personal commitments yeah, yeah. Um, we are not able to do for our 100th episode what we'd like to what we want to do for our 100th right. episode so we're probably going to have our 100th episode celebration in like either episode 102 or 103 in true Miami fashion Fashionably, fashionably late. late. Now that so, so we are going to have it. 
and yes. it's going to be a lot of fun. We are certainly going to have it, um, but it, but it's just not going to be on the one. Episode. It's not going to be the one hundredth episode, but I mean, you know, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Where we're going to have you more information about the one hundred asterisk episode, yeah. you know, kindness of celebration, whatever. But, but there will be something. There will be something. Will I be mean, something. as we said last week, we're going to be at Carnaval on the Mile, March seventh and eighth. We're actually doing something with. Uh, we're not. We haven't. We're not going to reveal too much yet, but we're doing something with the youth fair. Mm-hmm. We, well, they don't call themselves the youth fair anymore. Though. Oh my god, we sound like celebrities they're, when they go on the talk the shows. Oh yes, I'm doing <laughs> a movie. I'm doing a movie with so and so, but I can't talk about it. We have. Well, no, because I haven't finalized the details yet. Yeah. That's why I don't want. Yeah, Meryl Streep is coming on, pero let me tell you, but we can't talk about it. She probably speaks Spanish better than. Us. She probably does. She probably does. She can do anything. Like she could probably do every single accent there is of in, Spanish, in all Spanish-speaking you know? countries. Like you want all Uruguay? Okay, Uruguay. Here you go, Meryl. Yeah. <laughs> and she would choose to do like a you Uruguay want Argentina, accent from like go, some Meryl. town on top of a mountain somewhere. Yes, like from yeah. a little boy rowing. Like somewhere. twelve people live there. Yeah, it's like I could speak that, Meryl. Of course so. I can. I'm Meryl Streep. So, um, so yes, so we have a, yeah. a lot of fun things ahead. Yeah, we so got a bonus episode coming we up have this a, week. Yes, actually, let's talk about the bonus episode. Absolutely. So let's just get all this out of the way. Yeah. So, as you guys know, one of the things that we pride ourselves the most is that we drop a new episode every Friday, and we're very proud that in the two years we've been doing this, we yep. have been we've been consistent, super consistent. We figured out a way to personal do it. Personal and you know, professional. Be damned. Um, personal, <laughs> professional. You know, scheduling conflicts. Uh, yes, yes. Despite yes. of. Yeah. Um, but we're actually going to have a bonus episode that's going to drop on Tuesday, correct? Yes, it is. Because we have so much content and so much stuff that we want to share with you about uh, Carnaval and about, you know, Carnival really cool on the Mile people. and just things that we really want to talk to you guys about that it's not it's gonna it's not going to fit in one episode. Right. So unless our episode is three hours long and, and no. no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so we thought, you know, it would be great if we have a bonus episode where you guys can just, you know, the whole theme is going to to be yeah. of, of Carnaval and the origins of it and what it means and the different people involved in it from the artists to the musicians. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, and that's going to drop on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. So you're going to get double the pleasure, yep. double the fun yeah, but... with Pero, let me tell you. And Carnaval. <laughs> I don't know. I, I could have figured out. But yeah, you know, it's going to be, um, it's really going to be heavy on, on you know, interviews that episode. It's just talking to some people who are involved with the, with, with the festival, with the Carnaval. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, hopefully we'll get to see you guys at the actual Carnaval. You've yes. got two days to see us. Yes. We're, we're going both to be days. on Carnival on the Mile, on, which is... It's on March 7th, 7th and 8th, 8th, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and we're going to be, I believe, in the intersection of Ponce, Ponce and Miracle. Ponce y la algo. So we're going to be <laughs> literally be in, in the, the middle. middle of it. Como siempre, me dio en medio. And we're going to have our own little booth. So please, yep. please, please come by and say hello. Uh, yeah. We're going to have some merch. We're going to have, have be interviewing some people. We're going to have a new t-shirt that we're going to reveal yes, yes. for Carnival on the Mile. Um, so we're really excited about all that stuff. So again, a lot of things happening. This is why we can't have a 100 I know. This is why, because we've got so many things. Like, oh, by the way, at this point, um, we haven't picked it yet, but congratulations to the winner of the Cork and Fork uh, <laughs> uh, tickets, the two yes. tickets to Cork yes. and Fork. You yes. will have been notified by the time you hear this. Yes. You have been notified. <laughs> we haven't picked you yet. So we, but yes. they will be joining us at Cork and Fork. There will be yeah, well, we have tickets to Cork and Fork as well. We'll yes. be there and and come See, by and come by afterwards and say hi. So I don't know, maybe we're like at episode one oh five and we're, we're, we're like, damn it, we still haven't celebrated our one hundred episode, but bueno. Bueno, let's get into our yes. scheduled yes, uh, episode ninety nine. Let's focus on ninety nine. So que tu me dices, Hami. Ay Dios mío. Perro comunista. 
como dice my dad. Roberto, es ahí. El you? perro comunista. <laughs> oh, the Bernie I just, Stacks. I just felt like the, the soul of your father coursed through this room. El perro <laughs> well, you know what my father said about him? Because when, when he said the whole thing about mm. Fidel, my father actually gave a very good answer, very composed. He's like... When he said it this week. He, yeah, uh, and, okay. and we'll get to it now. Uh, he's like... Yeah. Are you surprised? He's never denied who he is. This is true. I mean, he. It's... This is true, and and so I, I go ahead and so so. I mean, for, we've, we've for, spoken about this. So before yes, on the show. we have spoken about it before. So as many of you may know, um, earlier this week, actually it was last Sunday. Yeah, on the, sixty minutes, yeah. uh, Bernie Sanders stated that. Um, yeah, that Fidel, you know, Cuba was an authoritative government. Well, they, they revisited that, previous comments that he had right, made. Right, which I think we had talked about yes, here on the had. show. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1985, he made a comment to Newsweek magazine, and this is on the record, that um, he was surprised that he was surprised that the administration at that time, which would, would have been the Reagan administration, mm-hmm, was taken aback at the failure of being able to remove Fidel Castro from power because what the Americans did not figure at that time was that Cubans loved Fidel because he changed right. society, he taught them how to read, I he um, changed healthcare, and they loved him, right? right? And and you know what? You know I also take insult in that? Because whoever says that makes it sound like if Cuba was like a wild, like, you know, like a wild pack See, like, of animals. Like, like cavemen. Like, like cavemen uh-huh, like, before the revolution. Like, like, and he's Prometheus. And like, Castro was Prometheus who yeah, brought fire like to the masses. He taught people yes. how to read and write. Like if Cuba was an island of Anafabedo. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah, yeah I mean? exactly. So anyway, he said that in 85. And uh, now, and like everything on, you know, because of YouTube and all that, this had resurfaced. Right. Although you heard it here on Pero Let Me Tell we You heard it here first. a few weeks yes, ago we that we had did. talked about it. We scooped Anderson Cooper. We scooped we scooped the, the Cooper. We scooped the Coop. We scooped the Coop. <laughs> anyway, um, this this week on 60 Minutes, Anderson Cooper revisited that statement and Bernie Sanders said that He yes, stood by his statement. That he stood by his statement. He said that yes, um, you know, Fidel Castro was not a good guy. He was an authoritative, it was authoritative government. Uh, but he but did. you know, but he, you can't deny you can't deny. But there were some good people. You can't deny that um, that you know he taught Cuba how to read, and you know <laughs> literacy is good. And you know just because Fidel Castro did it uh, doesn't mean that you know it's bad. Right. That was on Sunday. Either on Monday or on Tuesday, he was doing a CNN town hall. Okay. And the moderator, I believe it was Monday, the next day, the moderator asked him, "Hey, you know, you got a lot of." Crap from what you said on CNN on Um, 60 Minutes last night about Cuba. You know, care to address this, right? Care to address it. And again, he he was like, uh, Fidel Castro is a totalitarian government, and I've been very clear how I feel about totalitarian governments. But you know, he taught the people how to read, and you know, teaching people how to read and write literacy that is a good thing. So I'm not going to say that, you know, it was all bad. Your Bernie Sanders sounds like a weird mix of Larry David and Martha Stewart. Well, as long as I was <laughs> kind of like Larry David. <laughs> because because Larry, a good thing, it sounded like Martha yeah, Stewart. Because Larry David is, you know. <laughs> is kind writing of, that way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, como he said, the facts are the facts. End of story. I'm like, so we want to re- we want to revisit facts. I'm like, so listen, Bernie. Let's pull let's pull out the receipts. So did let's you pull out to, sixty years worth of receipts. How, did you go to Cuba during this time? Do you know Cubans that went through it? Because yes, first of all, prior to the revolution in 1959, Cuba had already enacted a literacy program 
that existed years before yes. the revolution. So this is not like he showed up with flashcards. Right. And Cuba, like many countries, has obviously a, like a more country and rural population. And, and a more urban one. And Havana was a cosmopolitan city, you know, filled like with professionals. Had the University of Havana, which was considered one of the best universities yeah. in, in the Caribbean and Central America, in South America, um, or in Latin America. Right. And this was in a country of analfabeto, the way that he makes it sound, first off. Second of all, what he's talking about in terms of the literacy program right. was Escuela de Campo. Oh, you mean the essentially childlike forced labor camp? Yes. And why Why is it that most... It, it reminds me of 1984, the book, mm -hmm. where, you know, as people <laughs> like are born... Glorified. As people are born, they have to learn that language newspeak because as oh, you yes, diminish yes, yes. language, you diminish, you diminish independent thought, thought yeah, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why the Escuela de Campo was enacted, like in most totalitarian governments, because the easiest way of getting support of your agenda is through the youth. Through the youth. So you, you preach the dogma these, to the youth. These Escuela de Campos, uh, as such, uh, were teaching the communist propaganda. It was, it was full it was propaganda. Propaganda dogma. Propaganda. Yeah. So when he says, and that is final, it's like, no, no fuckface. It's, it's not no, final. It's not, it's mm, not final no. because that's not what's final because it's well known and documented. And this is in newspaper articles, even in the Miami Herald at that time, that teachers in public schools in Cuba were being fired who refused to Did you to read teach. that article? I, yes, I read the, the, by the, 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 the editorial. The Fabiola Santiago? Yes, uh, on mm -hmm. Miami Herald. I did yes. read it. But that's something that Everybody of knew. Course. Everybody knew that teachers were being fired left and right, because um, they or even arrested if they didn't teach their their, their curriculum, their the curriculum, curriculum, the propaganda right. of the communist right. state or at that time socialist state. Right. So for him to say that, you know, is a new level of ignorance. It, it is it and is. willful ignorance. It is. It is very much so. And I just think I, I find it insulting in so many ways because. Not only did he say something that is factually incorrect. Blatantly wrong. Wrong. He has completely, completely dismissed the, the South Florida vote. Because you know what? Yes, yeah. obviously Cubans for Cubans, you you put the nail in the coffin. You weren't gonna get you weren't right. gonna get the vote from a certain fraction of you just of put them, the nail in the coffin, but, but you've now but just now you've stuck alienated in that hole. an entire. You just stuck community. in that hole, you know, Venezuelans. You right. stuck in that hole because Venezuelans, you know, now are like allies of uh, Cuba. Isn't he also like he doesn't exactly have bad things to say about the Sandinistas? About, no, he doesn't, and he has a Sandinista, and also South Florida because you know, all hit, you know, all no matter what what country you're from in Latin America, we've all been touched by some form of that type of totalitarian government right. to and, a degree. and other people from Latin American countries who obviously right. know Cubans because Cubans are the majority here know of the you know issues of Cuba and right. know of the horrible things that sí, went sí, on sí, like so, so this is like insulting to an entire demographic of people in an entire like location which happens to be a swing state and happens hmm. to be so one of luck. the most important states in But that election. is one of the reasons that I think actually I I your your father's correct. Like I don't know why you're surprised, but I think that's why I'm surprised that he didn't in this day and age try to I don't want to say back away from the comments, but try to diffuse the comments because he's in a position now where he could get the nomination because he really believes that. Fair enough, but from a political standpoint, you know, I feel you like, know what, I, I, feel I, like do, I do give him credit in the sense for that, sticking you know, to his guns. And you, and you know that I watch all of this like of like a like a hawk. Yeah, um, he is very consistent with his message. 
whether you like it or not. And he's very authentic with what he is and what he represents. So, yes, my father is right. He's always shown you who he is. What's the saying? When somebody what, tells you who they are, believe, believe them. Believe it. He's never beat around the bush. He's He's been consistent with his agenda since he started the Senate. Yeah. He has been. He has yeah. been. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I give him credit in that. You know, the man has never faltered. So, you know. He's un perro comunista. comunista. And, and you know what? I know that's kind of an extreme. An extreme right, right. And, and almost in jest. Just right, because right. he says, you know, socialism is not communism. Yeah, I know that yeah. socialism is not communism. But, but the and, socialism that he is embracing. But, but, but anybody. And I know that the socialism that he is talk about, talking about, the democratic socialism mm-hmm. that he's talking about, is has to do with the welfare state. Right, the state of it's welfare like, like was social in the security. States. That's right. It, right. I know that. I right. know that doesn't have to do with constitutional rights and with civil liberties right. and stuff like but, that. But I know that. But the problem is, which we've talked about here before, you cannot. When you're talking about dictators and things like that, you cannot give them an ounce of credibility. Right. Not an ounce, right. because they spoke about this on the View this week, oh. and all four ladies were who on had fifteen fire. minutes. All four four ladies were on fire. And Whoopi Goldberg said something that was um, very interesting. Whoopi Goldberg said, you know, you can't give dictate. You can't say, well, you know, Hitler was horrible, but he created the Autobahn, you know. He was a lovely painter. You know, he he created the (laughs) Autobahn, which nowadays is, you know, the highway system. The Nazis, you know, created what is in in essence, the modern-day highway system. So, you know, yeah, they killed I mean, six million Jews. But, but you know, you know, you they, know they, they alleviated the congestion. No, you don't say that. You don't right. say that. And right. Whoopi, Whoopi made a very good comment. She's like, that's like when the guy in the White House, because she refuses to say Trump's name, mm-hmm. that's like when he said there were good people on both sides. You know what? You don't say that because even if in on the in, in the case of the she was talking about Charlottesville, even if there were people on who the, were, on who the, were legitimate. legitimately arguing the whole issue with the statutes, whether they should be there right. or not, you cannot you cannot give, validate right. give any sort of validation to a side of white supremacists, even if there are people who are in there who are not white supremacists. You right. just can't. So you can't give a murderous dictator. Any ounce of credibility. Any ounce of credibility. You can't. You can't. You can't. And and that's why people take this so seriously. And what Whoopi Goldberg said on um on the View, which I thought was great, she's like, you know what? Everybody has their own thing. And and you know, obviously to a Jew, you mention Hitler and it's very offensive. Right. But to a Cuban, you say this, and they're gonna find it as offensive because they had to leave their home and leave everything behind. So to them, him saying something like that is it's as offensive. offensive. Yeah. And I, I was like, whoa, Whoopi, perfectly said. Well, you know, you know, you know, Whoopi, you know, Whoopi's our girl. You know, she was friends with Celia. Yeah. So, you know, there was a, there's a little bit of, but to your point of, it's like, you know, Whoopi Goldberg could be further from Hispanic if she tried, but maybe because of her friendship with Celia. You know, it's what you were saying earlier. We're like, when you know the struggles of mm-hmm. a certain group of people. You're informed. You're informed in a, in a way that puts a face on something. And I think that, you know, when you've got all these Bernie bros or all these people just like blindly... <laughs> And again, I do not care for Bernie Sanders at all. I, I I love the dichotomy that it's like, you know, 22-year-olds are all about like this. Mm-hmm. How old is he? 204? He's 78. Close enough. Um, You know, like, oh, well, and it's like, but because I think, again, I know people are upset on both sides and blah, blah, blah. But it's this idea of just like, oh, I want, I know I'm generalizing it, but like I want free shit, you know, quote, unquote. It's, it's not even that. 
it's, 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 it's to, to the I, point where to the point where they don't recognize certain elements of like, look, dude, it, certain things just aren't gonna work. I, you know, <laughs> because if a president, not, if, if anybody goes into office and says they're gonna wipe out student loans, I'd be the first one to be like, me, me, that's me, true, me, that's true. I own my soul to student loans. It's true, and right? you still have to pay interest on your soul. Y- yes, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, and, and high interest, <laughs> and high interest at that, yeah, and even I know. It, th- th- that's something realistic. that to me when he says that sounds very appealing because he's talking to someone like me right but i am what's the reality of i that? how are you going to pay for that how right. are you going to do that you know i don't think everybody should have free college i think the tuition of college should be reduced right it should be I more affordable it should be more affordable there should be certainly more opportunities for or people for people of lesser income to pursue and certain, education certain types of people to have greater pathways to college but i don't think people that are rich should go to college for free why why you know right. and also you know people and, and and not to get too heavy into agenda and politics right, right. you know people bitch and complain about taxes now do you know how much your taxes are going to go up for all to pay for all these plans? Because all these, all these, see, the so- mundo supports everything until they have to pay for it. All these democratic socialist countries that he talks about in Europe, yeah. like Denmark and Norway, population is like a third of what it is here. A third. The population of Denmark is three, or it's between three and four million people, right? Mm. And yes, the the life index there is very high, and people are very happy, and the services there are great. There is free college, there is free healthcare, and it's wonderful. But you're talking about a country of four million people that, most importantly, has a hom- homogenized society. True. Right. True. Because these, the are not, these are not c- c- countries that have high integration situations, diverse societies and, right, like we right, do, right. and we know that what fits for one group of people doesn't fit for another. So how are you going to implement that in a country of 350 million people because and more because I think last count we had about 350 million people mm. of different walks of life, of different incomes, of different you know all sorts of races, ethnicities, all religions, all that. I mean so I, that's why I mean I politics I I've I've always loved politics but I don't necessarily believe everything I hear As so you shouldn't. so to me it's like okay which one of these people makes the most sense that could kind of <laughs> the happen? most realistic quote right? unquote you yeah. know so you know and again I, I I've said this many many times on the show I'm a Democrat I'm a liberal I think I'm as liberal as they come but oh no I don't. I don't. That's I the don't line. feel the burn. That's I don't the feel line. the burn. No. Especialmente después que es un perro comunista. No, 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 no. Perro. There's like 18 R's in there, minimum. You, you know what? Minimum. Though? But but seriously, like let's let's try to remove our bias from this, which is impossible. which is impossible, but okay. fine. But it is almost shocking to me that in 2020 there is a presidential candidate talking. About some of the good things that the Castro regime did. Like, like stop and think about that. Like, just on its own. Independently. Like. You know what? In this political climate, nothing surprises me. I, nothing surprises me. Nothing. Nothing surprises me. Como dijeron, on the view, they were like, oh, are they going to say that Mussolini was great because he made the trains run on time? Like. 
Everybody loves a punctual train. <laughs> you know, like, meanwhile, they were killing and slaughtering Jews in Italy. Like, you know, but the, but trains, the trains, trains, trains got there on, on time. time. <laughs> the trains got there on time. I mean, aquí las guaguas no llegan a tiempo ni a cojones, pero, you know, it's, yes, yes. So the Cubans were being slaughtered, sent to jail for dissidents, but, but they could read. But they could read when they would get the notices from the jails about their family being incarcerated. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, they they didn't have to wonder where their family was. Right, right. They could, right, they could read. Right. So, anyway. Let's move on to something a little lighter, but as infuriating. Uh, as infuriating? Yeah. Oh, no. When I read this this week, I'm like, ah, topic. Ay, Dios so, mio. you're going to love this one. Did you hear? Hmm. Actually, hold on. Because I need the number. Oh, there's a number. Okay. That the FCC okay. got over 1,400 complaints over Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, the Super Bowl halftime. Not as many as I would have thought. Okay, so... 1,400? I thought you were going to say 14,000. Okay, so some <laughs> of the comments were... Bring it. I do not subscribe to the Playboy channel, and we do not buy porn. We simply wanted to sit down as a family to watch the Super Bowl. One complaint. So. I have two things about that. Can I, can I can I rebut to everything? Sure. I didn't know the Playboy channel was still in existence. Mm -hmm. So I, that subscription is from 1985. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, nobody pays for porn. It's all for free on the internet. On <laughs> porn. <laughs> Yeah, nobody pays for porn, dear. <laughs> and if you do, you're a total, I mean, you're a sucker. <laughs> because at the end of the day, we all know what the internet was. The internet for. is for porn. Thank you, Avenue <laughs> Q. So let's talk about this. Because we, we, I can't believe we, 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 I mean, we talked about this when obviously we were reviewing the Super Bowl halftime right, some right. weeks ago. But now let's talk about it in the context. Yeah, we spoke about it with the, the Domino Saints. Yeah. So I, I went ahead and went back and looked at it. Okay, you, right? Because I tried to see it through critical eyes. Okay, so to try to understand why is Beverly upset? Right. right. So I didn't find anything remotely inappropriate with Shakira's performance. Mm -hmm. As far as Jennifer's performance, when she came out in the first outfit and the mm -hmm. Versace one with the with chaps, the chaps mm -hmm. there were a couple of scenes. There's where a part where she like taps you her, see her, her crotch. Well, right. Pero bueno. She, what we didn't know was mm -hmm. that she was wearing a complete bodysuit under it. Well, yeah. Under. I can but, tell. But, bueno, okay, generally. Okay. You may have not known that. So there were a couple of shots, okay, that her, you know, you could see, like, like between her legs. Okay. Right? And you could see, like, the ch like what would be her panty, I guess, leather. Her panty line. Line. Mm -hmm. You could see it. Okay. And there was a part where she was... Um, it must be the ass that she kind of like bends over and they focus on her ass. Well, it's J-Lo. Okay. It's like so, I so I was like, okay, that's a little racy. That's a little racy. Okay. Okay, okay, go with me here. It's a little racy. Then obviously there's the pole dance. And I kept looking at the pole dance and I'm like, the pole dance is racy because she's on a pole. Right, because, because it's not a stripper do, routine. Because I could have, Mira, if she would have gyrated on the pole right, and gone up right, and down, right. even I would have said, Coño, as much I as it. I like Jennifer Lopez, maybe this is not the best place Time for and place, her to Judy. Do that. Time, Time and, and place. place. But she didn't. She just climbed the damn pole and spun in it. It's not like she was like you know gyrating the pole. Right, right. Right, that's what I'm saying. And then I'm like, because I tried to see it in a critical way. Because, mm -hmm. you know, one of my biggest, like, I thank God for is I try to be very rational and see yes. things on the other side. And I and I was like, okay, let's say that someone maybe just didn't like it. But you actually 
you felt so the need to the need to come to the federal the, commission. Yes, like that's the part that I'm like, and and the comments I read a lot of the comments. Mm. It was all like akin to porn, and then what and is then, this and porn then, they're and watching? Then, and then here is why I think that and it's you, a these little are all bit, women who are reading, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. No, but this is why I think, and I hate to pull the race card. It's a little racist. Of course it is. I looked up the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders because we really don't see the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders here because, uh, first of all, I don't follow football, but obviously the you know the Dolphins the, are what gets the, 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 the Cowboys really right. aren't featured here right. much. And and I'm gonna post this when I post our in, in our Instagram. Okay, this is the uniform. Oh, I've seen of the it. Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. They were wearing. They wear one third of what Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez, Lopez was wearing. wearing. She was wearing okay. a bodysuit. Right. So this is totally appropriate. But Jennifer Lopez and Shakira are not. Right. How I explain? I want somebody to explain that to me. Oh, because this is totally American. This is this is that, American, but, and this is supporting family values, right? But, but that is what America is about, right? So, but but these two women up there actually performing, actually performing. Okay, that is. Promoting, promoting, actually, and you know, and promoting healthy body images. No, 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 and using the words pornographic. Because again, una cosa que tú me dices, oye, you know, I think that Super Bowl halftime was a little racy, but you know, whatever. Right. Right. But using words like pornographic, pornographic, you know, to describe this, it's like, give me Mm, a freaking fucking high horse. That is the type of bullshit, that type of hypocrisy, you know. Yes. And I don't care. I don't know if it's, I don't know where it's coming from. You know, I don't want to. Point out a specific group of people. You know what? No. I'm going to point it out. I'm going to point it out. You know what? Coño, que casualidad the last time that we had this many complaints, you know, was uh, uh, when, you know, the beginning of Janet Jackson Appreciation Day happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you know how many complaints Adam Levine got for taking off his shirt? Fifteen. Fifteen? Mm-hmm. Was it from people who didn't like his tattoos? Mm-hmm. Well, no. Okay. But let me, but, but let me, let me make this point. When he took off his shirt and he sang Moves Like Jagger... Right. Mm-hmm. What, what does what does the song "Moves Like Jagger" mean? That he moves sexually. Right, because Mick Jagger moves like sexually. him or hate him. Right. Moves. Right. You're not gonna. You're provocatively. Not gonna, right. 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 That's the whole point of the song. Right. You got the moves Mick like Jagger. Yeah, because Mick moves. Jagger was known for being topless and, and leather pants sexy. and sexy. Right. And... So when he takes off his shirt, right. which he was all sweaty at right. this point, and he's like, you know, bopping around to moves like Jagger. Okay, that is sexual. From beginning to end, that the, is the sexual. intent is it is, is sexual. Right. It's provocative. Right. It's supposed to be sexy. Right. If not, he would have worn a raincoat. Right. <laughs> right. I kick all over in Atlanta. No, it's it's supposed to be sexy. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not offended by it. If I would have had a teenage daughter or a small daughter, let them watch Adam Levine. You know, shaking it. You know, do like, they not go to the beach? I mean, you've never seen a top whatever uh, man that's without a shirt. Not a big. I wouldn't have been offended. Right. But but if you want to talk about sex, like you know, sexualizing something, his performance was sexualized. Mm-hmm. Why would he have taken off his shirt? J-Lo and Shakira are wearing more than what the average person wears at the beach. That's why, like, I, I think, and, and again, I hate to pull the race card. I said it again. I, I think that had a lot to do with the fact that this Super Bowl halftime show not wasn't not, not only headed by two Latin women, but it had a it Latin Latino. flavor. It was, it was a Latino because halftime. Shakira did all these like native Colombian dances, you yeah. know, these tribal she dances. She even threw Middle Eastern she stuff threw in some there. Some Middle Eastern in there. Jennifer was total Boricua. She, you know, she pulled uh, out the flag. Yep. You know, you had she said Jenny ba- from the block. Bad Bunny, who was yes, Bad Bunny, Bunny and, and J Balvin. So this yeah. was a completely Latin performance like beginning to end honey non-apologetic 
right? Mm-hmm. And I think obviously a lot of people have a problem with that. So you know, what are you going to? You can't. To? Yeah, you can't call the FCC to complain that there was you know, too much Puerto Rico. Right. Oh, because you know all these, <laughs> la- you know all these Latinas are all the same. You know, right. shake their ass and you know they come out half naked. I'm sure that that's what was going through you middle know what? America. You know what? Yeah, we do. Yeah. You know why? Because we got asses, bitch. Mm-hmm. All right? And we don't have to move like Jagger. We don't have to move like Jagger. <laughs> you know why? Because we can move like Celia. Mm-hmm. And we can move like Charo. I just think, it's like, again, it, it, it's this whole, like, cancel culture and complaint culture. Coño, if you didn't like their performance, just you didn't like Just shut up and uh, just don't like it. I didn't like Maroon 5's performance. Remember when we were watching yeah. it? I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, I was like, this is, like, one of the worst halftime uh, uh, shows but, ever. But, yeah. But whatever. But yeah, shut your trap well, and that's it. When it was over, yeah. I continued picking With out. your life. You went on with your life. <laughs> I continued stuffing my face with pizza rolls. <laughs> I got to go. No, I want pizza rolls. I haven't, we haven't eaten yet. I'm so, so hungry. So, anyway. Bueno, let's take a break. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's. Uh, and hear from oh god yeah <laughs> nothing of pizza rolls and hear from our sponsor yep we'll be right back kitty rides fun slides corn dogs baby hogs come on in and don't delay five dollar admission on opening day the youth fair opens march 12th get ready for heart-pounding rides mouth-watering food shows and free parking get your discount tickets today and save at sedano's or at fairexpo.com and if you're five and under admission is free the youth fair on the fairgrounds at coral way and 112th avenue five dollar opening day on march 12th visit fairexpo.com and we're back. Yep, yep. So, um, want to touch base on a little local issue here um, that you know has to do a lot with um, with what's going. You know, something that has been going on for quite some time in terms of uh, we kind of talked uh, about it earlier about um, like Civil War monuments and oh so on and yes, so yes, so yes. Did you hear you know that happened? And I feel like what you're about to talk about happened with. Maybe it was me, but minimal. Yeah, fanfare. because it was unanimous. So um, here in Miami, one of the most uh, traveled or biggest thoroughfares yeah. is US One, yep. which is the same US One that takes you to New York and down to the Keys and down to the Keys. Yes, oh yes. Yeah. So literally from New from from top key, to bottom, from baby. top to bottom, from the z- um, zero um, post mile. What is see, see, the, the the southernmost place in uh, whatever to New York or Maine or whatever yeah, yeah. it ends um but the the stretch of US1 that is in most of Miami is called and even I believe Broward it's called South Dixie Highway I know it's South Dixie Highway I just don't know how far so that goes. South Dixie Highway like many um many places that or monuments around the country that have a relation to either or, or some context in terms of the Civil War yeah. and slavery and antebellum South. And, mm-hmm. uh, exactly um came up for vote and um, it was de- decided unanimously to remove the name South Dixie Highway and name it Harriet Tubman Way or Harriet See, Tubman Name Highway. it after Harriet Tubman. So how do we feel about this? Well, the funny thing is that I never called it Dixie Highway anyway. I always, said like you know US, I, do. I, I always used to say like US 1. I call it South Dixie Highway because in maps it always comes out of South Dixie Highway. Oh no, to me it's always been like US 1. So yeah. for me it's not much of a change. I think it's great. I mean, we couldn't put on the $20 bill, but you know, okay, well, let's give her a street. Why not? Yeah, I I I think I'm a little upset Cynthia Arrivo did not come down for the I've had cutting. a lot of people ask me why they changed the name. 
But you know what was interesting? It's not that they asked me what they changed the name in like retaliation of changing the name. It's that a lot of people didn't know what Dixie meant. That's the thing. You know what I think it is, especially down here? It's because of the supermarket. Since you've got Win Dixie, I think people don't. And Dixie Cups? Dixie Cups, Dixie Carter. Um, like, you know, you don't think about Dixie. It's one of those weird Civil War terms that I think has, I don't want to say the word evolved, but it's. I mean, it's it's, it's meaning doesn't have relevance it, anymore. It, it doesn't have relevance anymore to the direct connection to the South, I, I think, in the same way. Now, I think it's also because we're in South Florida and it's predominantly Hispanic demographic down here i'm sure the further up dixie no but you know i'm sure like in georgia you know dixie has still a stronger connotation um but i think down here most people don't know dixie Uh, again i think most people they're gonna gonna read the actual like definition of it because i I couldn't tell you i know what it is dixie other known as dixie land is a nickname for the southern united states especially those states that composed of the confederate states of america ding 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 the term originally referred to states south of the mason dixie line but now it's more of a cultural reference oh it comes from the mason dixon line Yeah, yeah Mira, I didn't. I, I would have never put that together. But now it's referring to parts of the southern United States. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Mira, Dolly Parton had to change the name of her her dinner show thing because it used to be Dolly's Dixieland Stampede. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, eh, Dixie is definitely one of those words that I think has a little bit of a gray area. You because know, it's just talking about the region. Yeah, but you know what? I I don't have a problem with them changing it because mm-hmm. even if it's just talking about the region, it's still something that stirs up a lot of negative emotions in a lot of people, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It doesn't hurt to change it to, especially to somebody who really deserves a street, some recognition, some, some you know, recognition, recognition yeah, like yeah, Harriet yeah, yeah. Tubman. Absolutely. So I'm totally for Harriet Tubman drive. Ahora, how the GPS is going to pick that up? <laughs> And all that. And I could just imagine, you know, like new school people that move here, new like Cubans. I call it I call it a US one. La US one. Like even if I'm talking in English, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, just go there, just get a US one. Like I call it la US one. La US one. So anyway, what do you have for me? Well, it ties into our guest this week, Carlos Santos, who is, I mean, obviously a, he's buddy, a friend of the podcast. Friend of the now. podcast from some Spanish that he presents, but he's also in Netflix's new show, Hentified. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, if you guys haven't watched it, watch it. it it's really, it, it's it's great. It, it's it's not what you think it's going to be. No, and it has a lot of heart. Yeah. Which I, I loved. It's, uh, it's, it's the most important thing. But um, so. I was sent this link by actually by a f- another friend of ours, uh, Overheard Miami. Oh yes, um, we used to work together, and it's a link to an article. <coughs> Where were we the other day that somebody said something that I don't know if it was you or somebody that said that's an Overheard Miami? Like we were in Winwood. What was we it? We were in. I forgot what it was, but we were in Winwood, and I remember, it was me. I said, "I'm like that is something that we would send to Miami. over at Miami." Yeah, yeah. Did you see? Okay, before you get into that, <laughs> did you see the meme? We got a po- I got a posted that is I think hilarious. That it says, "To make it in Miami, you got to have two jobs and a little side of fraud." <laughs> Where's the lie, though? <laughs> Where's the lie? <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Where's the lie? So he sent me this thing. Um, it, it's an article from The Federalist. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the headline is 98% of Latinos don't want to be called Latinx. And so I bring it up because obviously that's a big thing, you know, with Hentified taking place on the West Coast. And as when we were out there on the West Coast, you know, Latinx is, I think it's a, it's taking root more in the quote unquote woke areas, shall we say. Um, but so this was based on a nationwide poll um, done well, by. Was most of the polling done in the East Coast, especially by, in South Florida? Because as we by, discussed here, that term that, here it, it, doesn't, exist. doesn't exist. So it was done by Think Now Research, which conducted a national survey of Latinos to discover Hispanic settled sentiment toward the term Latinx. So representative respondents were presented with seven of the most popular terms used to describe their particular demographics. So the terms included Hispanic, Latino slash Latina, Chicano slash Chicana, Latinx, American, my country of origin, so either Cuban, Mexican, Puerto Rican, or my country of origin plus American, Cuban-American, Mexican-American, etc. It was um it was a poll of only 508 people, so it's not like it was a huge, you know, uh, sample size. But it said that, so 98%, and the headline's a little misleading, but 98% of the respondents indicated that they prefer a term other than Latinx to denote their ethnicity. Only 2% prefer Latinx, making it the least preferred term. The most preferred, um, I mean, it goes into the details or what have you, but the most preferred, uh, most respondents preferred the term Hispanic, with Latino, Latina being the second most preferred That's identifier. And the reason that they brought this up is because with this being an election year, they have noticed that there's a lot of politicians that in their quest to, you know, appeal to the Hispanic voter Mm -hmm. community are starting to use Latinx. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's like, we're going to have this conversation because this is a conversation I've been wanting to have for like, a while. Do they, do I use it? Is it alienating? Is it, you know, I mean, I, I, I've said this before. I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. If you tomorrow show up to be like, hi, I identify as book. I'll be like, okay, this is my friend book. You know, so be it. But I just don't think that we need Latinx when we can say Latin. That's how I went. Okay. First of all, disclaimer again. I think that if you feel comfortable using that word, I don't care. I'll and, use and, it, and, and feel, that's what you want to identify. You feel as? that you identify as Latinx. I am no one to tell you Th- not what to that do you it. cannot identify. And if, as that. if you feel comfortable with that, more power to you. I will call you Latinx all day. You know, or I will refer to you as a Latinx person all day long yeah. because I'm no one to tell you not to. Right. I had always, always referred to myself as Latin, mm-hmm. and that's. That's asexual. That's that. That's not male or female. Right. I had always referred to myself as Latin. I'm a Latin person, or if I'm using the term Latin, obviously. Correct. Correct. I I I personally use the word more Hispanic. Hispanic to, or to Cuban American, or you know. I have a problem with the word Latino, and I'm gonna go out Latino? and say it. Latino, and I'm gonna go out and say it right now. Do you have a problem with it when it is said? In I'm gonna English? tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I have a problem with okay. it. Most people that you ask for that are Latino of whatever country, they will tell you that when they were back in Venezuela, eran Venezolano. When they were right. back in Nicaragua, eran Nicaragüense. No se consideraban Latino. Yo soy Nicaragüense, yo soy Venezolano, soy eh, mm-hmm. Colombiano, soy Peruano, soy Cubano, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have never liked the word Latino, and I never will like the word Latino. Because to me, and I did some research for this Mm-hmm. recently and i was 100 percent correct 
To me, the word Latino was a word made up by a white man in the Census Bureau of the United States in order to paint with one brush an entire continent of people. And I was actually correct. The term Latino was invented by in the United States mm-hmm. to to term all people from South and Latin America. Latin right. America. To lump Caribbean. everybody together. To lump everybody together. And it was created for census reasons. Because you have white, you have black. Like I felt it. I was something. like, I felt it. I'm like, there has it, to be a reason. The term it makes no sense because, as we know, Latin America is so diverse, right. very in individual terms of culture. You know, and it's so rich in culture. Like Mexican culture is so rich yeah. and so defined, like so definitively Distinct. Mexican. Yeah. To mm-hmm. like Argentinian culture, right. you know, to Colombian culture, they're very, very different. So how did we all get lumped in together? Mm-hmm. Not to say that across the board, share. across the board, there are certainly a lot of similarities right, between right, right. us. Certainly, obviously, language and also Christianity. These are all countries that were, you know, at one point Spanish colonies. Yeah. So these are all countries that and are certain elements of our cultures overlap. Right, but all but all that all that is from Spain. Right. Correct. So, uh, so that is the the thread that kind of puts us together, and and I don't mind being put in the same boat as everybody else. You know, in terms of those things that do combine us, because as we always grow up, you know, laugh and say and jest here, mm-hmm. like we say, growing up hashtag growing up Hispanic or yeah. growing up Latin or Latino. We have similar experiences. You know, yeah. like you know, our parents are overbearing. Our parents, you know, no like, sleepover, no sleepover. Oh, you know, right, they right, yell right. at us. Chaperones. And, and those yeah, are all yeah. things that as latin people or hispanic people we share in common but i had always had a problem with the term latino defining everybody because these are countries and cultures that are so like different in terms of their their i mean again mexico mexico has such a rich distinctive culture Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with the culture of brazil or the Mm -hmm. culture of uruguay right you know yeah Or, or even cuba i mean puerto rico so so I'm, I'm like, this doesn't, the word never made sense to me. So that's why I never, until this day, I don't feel comfortable considering myself Latin. And it certainly has nothing to do with me being wanting to be white, because I have no interest in being called white. <laughs> <laughs> Let's no, put that up front and center. No this is not white. the issue at hand no. at all. No, because a lot of people deny their, their Latin Right, it's because they're trying heritage, to pa- their pass or whatever. trying to pass. Right. I have no interest Not in even passing, a little bit, for the love you know? of God. I, I, I love a- my white friends. Yeah. They're amazing. I love them. I will take but a bullet you love your for culture. them. But I love my culture. You know, I'm no right. interest thing and being something that i'm not because i am True. not white True. you know my skin color may be white but i am not white right so that that is my problem with the term and and i was <coughs> when i researched it i was right that was a that was a term probably it was invented in the 1950s probably of a group of white men who didn't know about you know, yeah. you know probably all saw us the same like okay what are we going to call you know especially in the 50s when um the country started having a larger you know, Influence, Latin American yeah. migration. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are we going to do with all these Spanish-speaking people? Yeah, like, do we call them Spanish? Are they Spanish? They're, well, they're from Latin America. Let's call them Latinos, right. you know? And I was right. And and that that's a little bit... In, in a way, it's insulting because it's watering down the culture of every country. That is... I feel very passionately about it. I see <laughs> that's this. That's my answer. I see this. But that's how I feel about that word. Interesting. I don't. I mean, I, I don't feel one way or the other. I too prefer Hispanic, and yeah. I 
I don't know why. I've never been able to put my finger on it. Number, I think a big part of it is just because I don't speak Latin. Well, Hispanic, the actual definition of a Hispanic are people from countries that um, speak Spanish. That's why somebody from Brazil is considered Latin. But not Hispanic. But not Hispanic. Right, right. Right? Um, and it's just, you know, all this, all these labels upon labels, because don't you remember an article that we read not too long ago? It was an editorial, actually, where they were talking about Latinx community and they stuck in there. Oh, like, they put in there like Haitian Americans. Like Haitian Americans. And I'm like, like Haitians? I'm yeah. like, wait, wait, Haitians are Latinx too? Like, yeah, it's like they come from, it's, it's French. I mean, it's okay. I mean, yeah, exactly. Haitians <laughs> are based on France. Like, they're French. Right. Which, their okay, culture... fine. If we want to get technical, yes, they're all from the Romance languages. Yes, they all stem from Latin. But I mean, and that, so what? Italians are Latin too? Yeah, but 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 then that's why. It's where does so, it end? It's where does it end? Because then it goes, it's so complicated because then, you know, most Latin America gets their culture from Spain or right. Portugal. And True. Spain and Portugal are Iberian. They're not even like European, European. They're Iberian. Right. You know, right, right. whereas like France is European, right? And, and you know what? The whole and, and that's why it's like the United States is so like gung ho on labels. We love to L put labels. labels because like ahora, like the same goes to Europe. In Europe, oh, you're European. Are you gonna mean to tell me that a somebody from Spain is the same European as French as somebody who's German? German. <laughs> I mean, you put a German and a Spaniard Dutch. together, Dutch. I mean, things are gonna get interesting really fast. <laughs> You mean that somebody from Romania is the same, you know, is in European the same way that somebody from Portugal is? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, but that's, I don't know. Like, um, the United States is, like, like obsessed with labels. Like, you have to fit into a box. We love to quantify everything. And because we hate boxes, we have a t-shirt that's coming. <laughs> Coño, oye, te la comiste. I did a full circle on that. Te one, la comiste, vaya. Te la comiste. Uh, that is some Talia level uh, promotion going on uh, right Wendy there. Williams yeah, Wendy performing, Williams. You know, promoting our <laughs> like brand. 12 things. I'm, I'm, I'm the brand. The brand. You're the brand. The brand. No, no, no. That's joking around. We have a, a t shirt that's coming out very soon that actually, is, mm -hmm. as we said earlier, it's going to premiere on Canaval de Mayo. Canaval de Mayo. That mm -hmm. it, it has a little bit to do with what we were it's just talking about. a little tongue in about. cheek of, of all this. Oh, yeah. What we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, bueno. Uh, yeah. Going now to our interview. Also tongue in cheek, not so much tongue in cheek, but embracing the full the the, the full individuality of mm -hmm. it and the nuances. I mean, again, it was so nice of Carlos to to sit. And it was with us. because Carlos is a busy boy. You want to talk about a whirlwind tour? When we interviewed him, it was maybe like two days after the show had premiered. Mm -hmm. He literally flew in like that morning, met with us that night. The next day, he had a full press junket with like, I don't know how many people here in Miami, was getting on a plane to go to New York. <laughs> then, like, the next day, he was going to be in DC. Oh, so yeah, I think he's still traveling. He still hasn't yeah. made it back to Los Angeles yeah. as of this recording. Yeah, it was so funny because, like, I was like, going, yeah, we had a little bit of time out. I'll totally take him. We, we, we should have taken him to, like, sandwich. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Carlos, you got to try the Cuban sandwich. Yeah, comes a sandwich. He didn't even have time to breathe. But like, he was kind enough and we really appreciate it yeah. to sit down and talk to us so so without further ado here is carlos santos from spanish aquí presents because that's where that we is that met that, him that's true um, and, and now from netflix's gentified yep enjoy me gente caballero it's time for carnaval miami Party starts with Carnaval on the Mile, March 7th and 8th, when the heart of Coral Gables becomes a free street fair with food, 
art, and live music from R&B, Latin jazz, and for the first time, country music. Not to mention Fork and Cork, where you can sample some of the best foods in Miami for just $75 per session. Then Sunday, March 15th, it's Carnaval's Crown Jewel, the Calle Ocho Music Festival, full of food, music, and drinks, with performances including this year's Kings of Carnaval, Mao y Ricky. And if you love the festival, but you know you want to skip the molote de gente, there's a VIP passport option for purchase with access to lounges and backstage parties throughout the party route. So for more information, visit carnavalmiami.com. And don't forget, your boys from Pero Let Me Tell You are going to be at Carnaval in the Mile. So stop by and see us. It's time to pachanga, mi gente. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we're back. All right, guys. So we are here with, I mean, sure, he's one of the stars of the new Netflix show, Hentified. But no biggie, right? We can say we knew him when. You know, he's been on the show before. Yeah, this is, you know, your second round. It's our, it's our friend, our boy, Carlos. Damn it, I can't Santos. remember. Santos. Santos. That's all right. It's okay. It's not Santana. That happens a lot. <laughs> I was just going to say, From, of course, it's Carlos. You knew, of, of, <laughs> you knew me when you just knew me by Carlos. That's fine. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Carlos is from Spanish Aquí Presents, Presents, which, as you guys know, we're always talking about the pod. We, t- we talk. We need to get, start it's getting supplemental. Royalties. You guys yeah. are a supplemental. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're, like, we're like totally tooting your podcast on the East yeah. Coast. Yeah. But as you guys know, a couple of months ago, they were gracious enough to, uh, to host us. The studios and host us. And we did an episode with them so it feels kind of full circle that now one of their hosts uh carlos is on netflix on hentified and we're going to talk about that today so carlos hey. welcome again to better let yes. me tell welcome you back. so hey it was a joy having you guys on the other side it's happy to be to be doing it on the on the west on the east so, so now you're in our home turf exactly I'm exactly east coast and okay, I, I gotta say though like yeah. you, you don't know where you're at right now you've no. been traveling since like yeah. 5 a.m yeah, yeah, california yeah. time yeah i, I well, they came to pick me up at my apartment at 3 30 in the morning oh so wow bastante que está, like you're, yeah, you're doing quite well you're very you. lucid yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i am is this happening in real time is this real life it's all a dream <laughs> So anyway, so obviously we know you from the podcast, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously you had beginnings, you know, in terms of work and acting. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this whole crazy entertainment field. So I 
left. So I'm from Puerto Rico, born and raised, as mm-hmm. you all know, as you've heard, if you've heard the podcast, we've, I've said it many times. Uh, I left Puerto Rico after my freshman year of college, um, and I always wanted to do something with comedy. But back in the day, nobody really, mm-hmm. nobody really had any advice for me. Like I didn't have a my family. My family is all they're all professionals, right? So they have, they they're lawyers, they're teachers, they're dentists. Like nobody had any kind of advice to tell me. So I knew that I, I wanted to come out here. So I ended up in Fresno. Uh, in the exchange program uh, and i but I, you know what i wouldn't have it any other way it was an amazing experience i ended up switching over to theater from then that led to me doing the summer arts program for second city second city of course oh, yeah. uh, major improv uh school that started in chicago a long time ago and they, they pretty much started the whole modern uh improv movement yeah, yeah. back in the day so uh, from there was just a series of steps uh that led me to LA. By the time I moved to LA, I was already at doing the conservatory for Second City. Then I did, took a little detour into hosting, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't know was going to be a thing until it just kind of presented itself. So I ended up hosting for like seven years. I did. Wow. I was at LA TV first, uh, which is a local television station. And from that experience, I was able to go right into MTV3. So when that came out, I was overqualified uh, just because I had been doing it for three years. And so it's one of those things where it's like, it just felt like it was going somewhere, but I soon I realized that uh, hosting was not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a very tough decision uh, to like kind of stop. And wow. nobody, nobody was on board with me. This is all literally 10 years ago. This is why this Hentified story is very special because in 2009, I remember telling my friend, one of my best friends that used to work at MTV Tres, I scared the crap out of him because I was like, I need to, I need to leave. And he was like, well, what are you talking about? You can't, I mean, just do, you're doing the show. It's not that I wanted to leave at that moment. It's just like I knew that that I was just being, I, I was going to get stuck or I was being held back because I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realized that hosting was great as long as it was a comedy element to it. Because for a second, I had like my own uh, variety show, comedy variety show. It was called Entertainment as a Second Language. <laughs> so originally, I started hosting Me TRL, which was the Latino version of, uh, of TRL. Mm-hmm. For those of you yeah, 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 yeah. back in the day, MTV had back back when back the internet the, the internet videos, yeah, when people uh, look to see that stuff on TV and not on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, but then eventually I had that for like a few months, and then the recession hit, and it was mm-hmm. stripped away from me. And at that point, I realized, wow, I really, I had touched it. I touched the brass ring very briefly, and I was like, I can't go back to tossing the pitbull. I love Daddy Yankee and pitbull, but. This, this ain't it because <laughs> on tr on me trl you had more like artistic freedom and yeah well at first it was a carbon copy of trl which was just like a hosting show with an audience we, we did it in Times square mm-hmm. same space and everything uh but so you were carson daly so yeah and that used to like drive me nuts and now nah, i'm okay with it Nah, i'm totally fine i i basically just kind of said hey can i i started to kind of infiltrate the show and be like can i do this comedy bit can i do Mm -hmm. this like at the beginning i don't know if you guys know tv shows uh don't start with the graphics it's called a cold open yeah Yeah. that's the term the tv term uh and so like when we did our very first show and this is 2006 they would they didn't have any plans for a cold open so i was like hey do you mind if i write a sketch Mm -hmm. so i was so they were like yeah sure and that became my outlet so when i was first doing me trl dude if i tell you man it was that's why i mean it's it was it was the fact that it wasn't planned, it still was amazing because I got access to a bunch of people that were coming into regular TRL. So I got to do sketches that I wrote for Steve Carell that are uh, oh, Adam wow. Sandler. I mean, I could go on. If they were there to promote the regular, like on regular TRL, mm-hmm. they would give us like 30 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And so like I cut my teeth because I was by myself. I did get burned out because I literally by myself 
every week writing and producing and editing and whatever. And that was that was my life for at least three years. And it's a daily show. So you're it's doing a this. weekly show. Oh, it was Thank weekly. God. Yeah. Oh, okay, it was okay, a weekly okay. show. They okay. couldn't know. We, we didn't have the staff for like. Okay, because I was going to say, yeah. you were doing this five days a week. No, no, no. Like, we were I mean, preparing, but like, you know how it is. Like, everybody, all the, the moving parts kind of come together, and we shot it, uh, I think, at the end of every week. Okay. It was still grueling. Still, oh yeah. I, w- I remember the first six months was, was so tough that I was I would spend the weekends in bed. Like I wouldn't even get out because I was so exhausted. I would just be like looking at the ceiling and just processing to get ready to start over on Monday. Wow. Luckily, New York has lots of delivery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that then, but now I do. It's too late. <laughs> um. So so yeah. So then I so after that I was like I gotta I gotta be done. I gotta. And so I finished out my contract with MTV. I moved back to LA and I literally started from scratch. And when I say I started from scratch is that I started to say no to projects because the only thing that was coming my way was hosting related. Right. So I had to make a conscious decision. I said, I either buckle down or I'm going to get stuck in this thing because that's what's giving me money. And so, you know, I, I, I said to myself at one point in New York, I was, like, I, I was under contract for four years. I was getting paid. Imagine getting paid, whether yeah. you work or not, every week for four years. When you're nice. You would think that that's nice, but I was miserable. Right. I mean, that's when you realize it either, that that either makes you happy or it makes you miserable. Whether no, you, but it takes courage to walk away from like sure. the that's stability. The, first and of it, all, and it's MTV because some people would argue that the fact that you were hosting yeah. on MTV that exactly, was like and I felt top. very guilty too because precisely what you're saying. I felt also like I would like I was not being appreciative. Appreciative? How many T's are in? <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> I wasn't appreciative of the of the opportunity, but I had to be real with myself. And so this was a gamble that I, you know, and I left, you know, I left Puerto Rico when I was like 18. And so this has been a, an ongoing journey for me. And so like for the first few years when I moved back to L.A., I was broke. I was broke. I was. And it was a, it's a mind, you know, like it messes with your mind when wow. you're like E and all these other shows that are hosted, red carpet shows and gossip shows. That's yeah. all that's presented to you. And you're like. No. And you know you could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not like, yeah. oh, can I? No, you were doing this for the longest ass time. Yeah. Yeah. So so I literally just put MTV in a vault, kind of like put it away. Nobody, for actually for a long time, nobody, it's like, it, it feels like a different lifetime, uh, like a lifetime ago. Like people, I have friends at UCB who will for some reason get on the internet for some reason be like, wait, what the crap? So you like look for MTV and all these pictures pop up with a bunch of celebrities and like, yeah, it feels like I went to war and nobody knows about it. <laughs> so, so you know, I struggled for a first, for the first few years, and it, and it really came to a head in 2012. But by 2013, I was able to, like things started to pick up. I got a commercial campaign with Metro BCS, and that saved my life right. financially. I mean, above and beyond. I was, I 2012 was the toughest year. A lot of bad things happened. My my, pa- my dad passed away. I broke up with my girlfriend for four years. Ooh. I dropped my agency. I was really Morris, and it just wasn't doing anything. I really just started from scratch in 2012. Uh, but that pushed me to really make moves on my own. I was not, I was, you know, you come to a decision, you either turn in, you know, you get into the fetal position or you like buck up and you start doing it. And I think that uh, confluence of events just kind of made me see it from far away. So I was able to just kind of like, I don't know, it was like, me desprendí de todo eso. Yeah, yeah. And then I just saw everything for what it was and I just started, you know, I broke up. I broke up with my uh, girlfriend at the time. I dropped everybody. I just started from scratch, and I in, and I was able to do a movie. And so, like, good things started to happen. It was still a tough year, but then 2013 was a blessing because I had a movie that premiered on Slam Dance, not Sundance, but it's the same. It's a it's independent. It happens at the same time, right? right? I had I was doing a, a sketch series for um, Sofia Vergara's uh, YouTube channel at the time. It's called Nuevon. It had a show called Chamacas. So I was doing that, and I was writing and, and acting in it. 
with a, a bunch of people, very talented people. Um, and then I had the commercial. So it was these things that were finally like that coming, felt like the beginning of like finally being uh, financially stable, just being fulfilled. And it seemed like the beginning. So then, I mean, that was, but that was, you know, that saved my life. Then it was still the, the beginning process of what ended up happening, which is transitioning into being able to do my own, you know, being in a, a series regular on a TV show. And that took, you know, that was 2013. So, yeah. so then I just kept doing a lot of UCB. As you, as you all know, uh, I started at UCB when I was in New York and then I was able to organically kind of start, uh, uh, start taking classes and then I became, and I started doing shows with Riza and Tony and Oscar and it just kind of felt the, it just kind of fell together. Um, and then when we started doing Spanish Aki, I think things kind of like blew up in a, like a really positive way. And I really feel like Spanish Aki Presents really set the course in 2018 when we started. Because uh, by the time last year happened, I, I mean, I got representation that I already knew about Spanish Aki Presents. Oh, okay. Uh, so it held open a couple doors. Even yeah. the even the show Hentified, the creator, one of the creators, Marvin, he knew, he, knew, he basically is a friend. He's a friend mm-hmm. uh, of Spanish Aki Presents. So it was beautiful because it was like full circle also like to have these organic connections with people, uh, which also let me know that I was ready to move on to this next phase. And so I had the best, uh, you know, I had the best uh, pilot season, which for, for those of you who don't know, pilot season is at the beginning of the year, actors, all the actors go out for all the new shows uh, that are going to be considered for, for that season. And it's a, it's a frenzy, as you all know, it's not, it's not easy. A lot of people uh, suffer through pilot season. It's like... It's like a foolhardy, like like people get all like worked up and then they get nothing and then the year passes and you're like, all right, let's go. Here we go. Pilot season we again. Hear, we hear that sometimes people audition for so many pilots in one season that they kind of forget which character they are. It's like supposedly yeah. crazy. If you get lucky, then you get auditions. Sometimes you don't get anything. And then the worst part is when you're, you're hearing about everybody auditioning for pilots. You're like, <laughs> oh, oh, you got a, you got an audition for that? Oh, cool, 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 cool. Is it still as crazy though? I mean, considering that now we have almost like year round yeah. with all the digital, it's, I would think it's different, no? It's gotten a little bit different in terms that it's, it gets like spread out a little more. But at the end of the day, this is an old school network format. The the mm-hmm. the pilot season uh, yeah, yeah. process is the networks are still doing it to a certain degree. The it's good thing is because of cable that, opened yeah. it up for more now with streaming. It's right. not necessarily, but there is still a mad rush that happens between March and April and May, where people are going out. And last year, I mean, I went out for the first time. And I had new representation, and I went out for a bunch of things, and it was just the first time I felt really like I was taking a bite out of pilot season, and I ended up with the show. Did you ever audition? Because I love to hear like you know when people like their success stories and they land that great role and that great show. I like to hear their like horror stories mm. in terms of pilots. Oh my did God. you ever have any like pilots that you actually got and did that mm. you're like, this is crap. Well, I got, no, I got lucky that this is the first show that I've ever gotten. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, it took a long time, Yeah, but I think that's the best way to describe my life. My career and my life has always been like, it might have taken longer, but when it, when it does happen, it, it's very meaningful. I got close. I tested for pilots. I got really close to it. Actually, the, the horror story that I'm about to tell you happened uh, within a week of auditioning for Hentified. I was actually testing for an NBC comedy pilot. Oh. Um, and I got really close. And I was, so I was doing a chemistry test. This was a Monday, keep in mind. And so it was second lead. So it was the, there, was a girl, there was a girl lead. And so I was going into play to do a chemistry test with her. And it was terrible because for some reason... That girl, which she'll, I don't even remember her name and I don't want to, uh, <laughs> was just like not, 
about it. I don't know for what, for whatever reason, she didn't want to like. Usually, when you do chemistry tests, right. you try to meet the person, you try to talk to him, you try to maybe go over it. And she was not having it. I, just, I saw her for the first time when I went into the room. And immediately I was trying to be friendly. With, the, the point is that I completely bombed this chemistry test and it, it shook me because for the first time it had nothing to do with me. It was somebody like sabotaging my audition. So I was just I was so like out of it. I, I literally went to bed like at nine and I didn't wake up till the next day because I was so mentally exhausted. So that was on Monday. And then Friday I get a producer session for which is after you do a first audition, you get a call back and then a producer session. I went straight. I went from one audition to a producer session. I'm giving you a lot of information. I hope you're catching up. Um, it's an audio medium. Without yeah. you talking, we've got nothing. <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> you know this, man. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on. Uh, no, but I feel like I'm talking a lot and very fast. <laughs> um, let me know if I need to slow down. And so anyway, no. so Friday I auditioned for the producer session and then I got a chemistry test for the following Monday. And it was the With complete opposite. Yeah, it was the complete opposite. So that is to say I had the worst experience one Monday and I had the best experience the Monday after. And I got two uh, chemistry tests with JJ at the time. I mean, we, are, we were all meeting and immediately we just felt like it was, we had immediate chemistry and it just worked out really well and really felt like something. But still, it was still a battle because obviously I don't, I didn't, this is my first series regular role. Um, I only had a couple of co-stars and guest stars in my belt. So Netflix was like, wait a minute, I don't know. Let's bring them back. And rightfully so. I mean, I'm saying that. I'm not right, saying right, that right. like, like how it's, dare you? It's like, legit. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't have credits, like just, nobody, there's no, usually industry needs to know that they can vouch. If nobody can vouch for you, which is what happens when you have credits, everybody, you know, they're investing in a project and they want to make sure that, that you're going to do it well. It's a reference. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up going back a bunch of times and they kept calling me back and I was like, okay, let's go the whole time. So I, well, I must've gone like five or six times. Um, to convince them. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, like auditions, like read-throughs? Yeah, or? these are all like sessions with, uh, they were either chemistry tests or they were, I was just reading in front of the camera. So the good news is that every time that I kept coming back, I was getting more and more comfortable with the character. I was, because a lot of times, you, you actors don't, oh, I didn't realize that, but it also makes a difference when you spend more time with the character because it lives with you. Claro. Sometimes you're doing an audition, you have less than 24 hours to put something up. And uh, it's not easy. I mean, you can be a good actor and or whatever, but, you, but there's something about living with a with a character long enough that you know exactly what they do. So I was able, it actually made it easier or better. And the production team, I was able to show them, not not because it's usually uh, divided between networks and the producers, right? Right. That's what when you're testing, then I'm giving you a lot of lingo. So So the producers were on board and I could feel that, but clearly the network, which in this case is Netflix, needed to be convinced. And so okay. it was... That is to say, I wouldn't have it any other way because I really feel like where I'm standing right now, I fought the crap out of it. Yeah, right, there is right. there there is never a doubt in my. I mean, there's no like, oh, he got lucky. No. Oh, no, hey, no, that's no, the no. hey, man, that's the lottery. <laughs> no, no, no. I really, I stand here before you with a plate of salmon that I just ate, <laughs> and it looked delicious. It was so good. It looked really good. No sé si el hambre que yo tengo, but it looked really say? good, really yeah. good. But yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, you know, I was just listening actually to the to the episode where where you interviewed the exec producers, and frankly, I think you got it just because you are the made for TV Marvin. <laughs> um, so you know, yeah. just to bring yeah, it back, yeah. I, <laughs> call back, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But um, so I, like I said, I, I've seen the first episode, mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to see the rest of it, so sorry right. ahead of time. That's but right. I will Whatever. say, kind of love your character. Mm. Yes. Because Chris. I, Chris, I feel like Chris, obviously you're the entry character, right? You know, it's like through Chris, we're learning about this whole family and the dynamic and mm-hmm. all that. 
And I have to say, just based on the first episode, me parece que la tienen cogida contigo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, yo, all he wants to do is be a chef. Like, mm. leave the kid alone. But yeah. what, what did you relate to with... I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this project, too, is that uh, all of the actors had a, a deep connection with the character, mm-hmm. organically. And we all came with it from a place of like, oh, yeah, we get this guy. So I know Chris because I left Puerto Rico. I've always, you know, you leave your, you leave your family, you leave uh, your island, where you're from. And when you go back, you want to be accepted, uh, you know, and sometimes that happens when you go away. People don't see you the same yeah. way. Give us a little bit of background on, on Chris. On, oh, yeah. yeah. You know. So so Chris, when he was little, uh, he grew up in he was born in Boyle Heights, but he left uh, when he was like, in, he was a child. So he went to Idaho. So he ended up growing up in Idaho mm-hmm. with his dad. So we got the, the Caucasian way of living, if you will. It's <laughs> the best way to put it. Uh, and then he came back in his late 20s. So now he's struggling with not feeling a part of uh, the community. He feels like he is because he was born there and he left maybe like the first 10 years of his life he was there. Right. But the reality is that people are just not accepting him. And rightfully so. So he's struggling because he feels like he's a part of it, but he, but, he, but he knows that it's tough, but he wants to. But at the same time, he wants to be this thing, so he wants to follow this dream. And so like, that's the beautiful thing about the character and about the series, that it really explores the struggle that a lot of us kind of have to go with. You have to find what's more important, family, community, your dreams. There's a there's a crazy like you yeah. know battle between all that stuff and and there's there is no right answer right we're just kind of right. showing you a, a a story of this family that's struggling with it because we're all struggling with well, it. Well, set up the main plot of the whole series. So basically, uh, so uh, Joaquin Cosio plays our grandfather and he is the fantastically he, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. so uh, yeah, he's, he's my grandfather. I don't I don't like I, yeah. He, he's every Hispanic grandfather Dude, you've yeah. ever met. Yeah. It's He's amazing to have to have him like anchor the show like that. So much soul, it's amazing. Uh, so he he he's he's owned a taco uh, restaurant for a long time for thirty years, and his wife died, uh, you know, uh, at some point in the past. So he's kind of doing it by himself, and so he is taking care of the three cousins. So it's me, Eric, uh, Chris, Eric, and Anna, and. Um, and so what's happening because of the Hentify, with the gentrification situation is that they're raising the rent. And so they are trying to survive so that they don't, you know, they get evicted. And so it's dealing with that. So so every character has to kind of like put their dream on hold for a certain degree. And for my character, it's like, do I and, and I start out the series working at a fancy restaurant trying to get Michelin, you know, I, I, I'm working for a, a chef uh, that's super racist, oh, yeah. but also has the opportunity to give me. So it's like, Cordon Bleu. which is. Yeah. Which is what happens, right? Like you, it's a complicated situation where you want something out of someone, but that also means that you're putting up with certain things that are not right, right? So he treats the staff like garbage. He doesn't treat me like garbage because he feels like I'm, you know. And so, you know, Chris definitely feels guilty about it to a certain degree. So he's kind of processing all that, which comes to a head in episode three. Okay, so I got some, okay. Now I got something to look forward to. Oh. All right. So episode three and four are basically like Chris's like main story arc journey into becoming spoiler alert i'm not gonna talk about spoiler but into becoming what he ends up turning into uh, at the end of the season still struggling still has a terrible relationship with his dad because the dad doesn't want to pay for his cooking school yeah. so he's forced to live in boy Heights. so it's a very complicated issue and, I, and this is what i love about the show like everybody on paper you start watching and you think oh these are stock characters or these are like oh this is the la, la mama de, de ana oh she's the overbearing mother and then you keep watching and you realize oh they did something because they just flipped yeah, it yeah, around yeah. and they added all these dimensions to these characters and it also it's funny because i feel like I, i've 
first of all, I'm super happy because it's been super positive. So overwhelmingly positive from people. It's interesting that the people that I do hear, maybe I hear some kind of like uh, forces, like they only watch like the first the first two, which I think it's hilarious. And it's to the point that it's setting you up for something that you think is going to be a certain way. And it just makes a heart left yeah. and it opens up. It cracks open the community, cracks up the characters in a way that no, I don't think anybody is expecting. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you gotta get to yeah. well, even so, uh, even to your point about you know not just being stock characters, the landlord I, I don't remember his name, Wilbur. but <laughs> well, the, yeah, yeah. well, he he comes Rob, in, Rob, Rob, yeah. and yeah. you want to be like, oh, he's the bad guy or whatever. But yeah. even in that brief scene that he has with Joaquin, it's he's like, look, yo, it's it's my business, but yeah. you can tell he's. He doesn't want to do it. He's not like mustache twirling. You know, yeah. he's not coming in and just being like, Whoa, ha, ha, on paper, finally. on paper, he loves coconuts or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, it's Eric calls him a coconut and he's like, Yeah, I love coconuts. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about it, too. It's like, it's on paper, that character should be a terrible human being. But right. it's more complicated than that, obviously, yeah. because. I feel like what what Hentified is trying to to set up is like it's it's a it's a multi-layered situation. Yeah. It's complicated, it's sensitive, and it's what every person has to decide what's more important and at what price and at what cost and then at what consequence right. do you decide to go down the path that you want to. What one of the things that I enjoyed from from the whole concept of the show is that whether it was intentional or not it is bringing light to the whole issue of gentrification mm -hmm. because I know that here in Miami, that's a really big problem that's happening. Um, Little Havana here, which obviously was sure. an enclave to, uh, to Cubans, the, the sky, like the rents have skyrocketed as well. Um, Little Haiti is now yeah. becoming very popular too. And people who've lived that's there, the next big gentrification. Are they going to change the name? Did they already change the name? Because I feel like that's that's they, how you know they they, they haven't don't. changed they don't change the name but like when fancy restaurants start coming in and like Starbucks and all that mm -hmm. then you know the local whatever small little shop is out rent is like doubled mm -hmm. so I don't know if it was intentional or not but I feel the show obviously in a in a comedic way um, hit on something that is really really affecting minority communities sure. nowadays. Um, I, again, I don't know. Well, that it's was happening in Harlem. It's happening in it's Little happening everywhere. It's yeah. happening everywhere. It's been happening. Yeah. And the thing is, like, now we have tenemos nombre apellido. We call it gentrification. This has been going on for years. It's funny because I remember last year I was visiting my family in Sarasota, right before I was I was about to start shooting. And uh, my sister, she's a dentist, and her husband. And so we were doing a we were at an, a, an event, and I was talking to you know the people that worked with her and. Nobody knew, and I'm talking about white people, they didn't know the term gentrification. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as I told them, because that's essentially what happened with Sarasota. I don't know if you're familiar. Sarasota mm -hmm. was all farmland. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely, they started to bring all these things. And now it's like, now it's like a legit place. But like 10 years ago, it was all farm as, as far as the eye can see. Yeah, Campo. So when I, when, I, when I basically brought it up in those terms, they were like, oh. So it's interesting because even if people don't know the term, uh, they know what gentrification is, and mm -hmm. I think that's why it's it's important. That's why I think the series is doing a good job of just at least bringing it up, and then complicating it even more with hentifying, which is it's a little bit more nuanced because it's people from the community. You know, the young people go out, become professionals, but then they want to come back. They want to come back because they care for the community, but they still end up raising the prices. Mm -hmm. So. Is there a right answer? No, but I mean that's the struggle, right? Yeah. You struggle yeah. between beautifying your space, 
Uh, but but is it at the cost of displacing people that no longer can afford to live there? Well, you know that the whole thing with Starbucks, you know that that's, I didn't know that that was real. There is data that shows that when a Starbucks mm -hmm. opens up in a neighborhood, property values raise like a certain amount of like oh, a certain wow. percentage. Yeah, it's 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 common fact. Like, yeah, you should threaten the people here. Hey. Yeah, you don't mess around. I'll open a Starbucks. Actually, something I really wanted to ask you the moment I saw the show, because I was just really curious about this. Did you take any type of culinary training? Uh, I we I had to say you have to cook for us. I mean, with the chopping, I, I do. But it comes from like playing drums when I was little. Like, I feel like I sink a picture. But uh, no, we took like a little workshop to make sure that the placement of the hands and the thing were, were right. Okay. We uh, talked to some uh, some chefs and stuff. And there were people on site when we were doing all the kitchen scenes. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's it. I, I mean, like, Carlito Cocinero. <laughs> <laughs> I can you, see it. You just have to buy it. <laughs> I can see it. Well, I did. Yeah, I did. good, 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 good. So, obviously, you know, a, a really big triumph for Hintified is that, you know, it's it's a, a Latin show and it's bilingual and it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So, what what, you know... In terms of Netflix, how do you feel this has been in terms of progress? Because I know the first was One Day at a Time. Sure. And that kind of came out of nowhere, sure. the success of One Day at a Time. And now we have another one, Hintified. And know? another show actually came out, The Expanding Universe of Ashley. Ashley Garcia. That's Garcia. Right. Yeah. It went on, and on that my came blog. Out and, and on my, went on, and my blog blew up. Yeah. And that's a show that's for technically for teens but people have just devoured it yeah and yeah. and shout out to them because they're it's a it's a very good show i mean it's in, you you think it like so that's what i like when you watch a show and you're like oh this is going to be a teen show it is but there's also so many other things that are happening and and you just get yeah. souped up in it Swo souped up swept up swept up swept up cut, <laughs> cut it <laughs> hey guys remember to edit this part I'll when, I'll I, when i said when i say swooped and just <laughs> swept up <laughs> What other, you know, what other, because this, this is the type of nitty gritty stuff I love to ask actors. What other research did you do for the role? Um, because especially like, you know, you're Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Tu eres Boricua and, sure. you know, you're playing, a, you know, I, a, a young Mexican. Like how? Right. Well, how I've been doing you... research uh, for 15 years because I've been here. I've been here when I say here. I've been in L.A. for so long. I've been absorbing that. And I worked at L.A. TV, which was, you know, it's basically... Sure. Mexican, uh, predominantly Mexican American uh, vibe mm -hmm. that that the show had, and I think MTV Tres was a little try to be more like bicoastal in that sense. Mm -hmm. But I've been absorbing this this culture for so long that I really feel a part of. It. Not only the fact that I look one hundred percent Mexican, un poquito. No, like I, I. Bueno, the quaff was a little bit higher. Dude, you know? everything, <laughs> and that's fine. Like I go to Puerto Rico, nobody believes that I'm Puerto Rican, and that's fine. And and that's, uh, I feel like I have a, you know, I'm like I'm able to kind of infiltrate these two spaces, and uh, I mean, at first, you know, you're frustrated because you want to be where you're from, but then I realize that it's like a superpower. Uh, it's like a, it's like a gift to be able to do that and to genuinely like I feel like as uh, people of color like us we should be able to tell our own stories with authority and that's that's why I think Entify works uh, the people in charge not just the actors everybody that's making the show have complete authority uh, of telling the story well America Fe Fe Ferreira is Ferreira. A, um, the executive producer she's executive producer and she directed the two episodes three and four which I need to watch 
<laughs> I love it. Este con las puyas, I'm telling you, coño. Vaya. Oh, come on, Carlos. It just came out. Give us a little bit more time. Se ve que, se ve que we're friends, right? Yeah. We're friendly. Like, if not, I mean, on Netflix no, for six months. No pressure. Then, you know. Wow, this came out 48 hours ago. I can't believe it. <laughs> all of it already? What's wrong with you? Yeah, no. Um, she, she's amazing. She's amazing. She directed the uh, two episodes. She was a producer. And she also had a little cameo. So, yeah. I oh, man, she's she's so good. And honestly, and I and I keep telling people, it's the first time I've had a director mind. I, we've mind melded when we were working on the show. Um, there, at least there was one time where she came over, and this is the story uh, that I like to tell. She come, she came over to give me a note, and before she opened her mouth, I went, da 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 da. This is what you want, and she was like, "Yep." And it was like, and I remember yep. thinking, "Wow, that doesn't really happen often." So it was really special to to work with her. Obviously, she's an actress. Uh, also, so I think she definitely knows how to like, and she comes super prepared. So uh, I love working with her. It's funny because she's quite, she's one of these people that she's quite the trailblazer, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, she started off what in the Ugly Betty series? Well, she started with mm-hmm. The Real Women Have Curves. She big... started Women Have Curves and she started on Gotta Kick It Up. Oh, oh and the, Disney Channel yeah. the, original the, movie. Wow. The Traveling uh, Pants. The, Sister Sister the, the movie I always got that name wrong. He messes up I that name like so, so, so like, hard. It's wonderful. So, the Yaya Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Literally what he does. Yes, you just did it. Like, yeah. almost exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm not kidding. Um, but she's quite the trailblazer because she, she has her own production company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, you know, getting Latinos in all these roles and doing all these projects. I mean, she's she's quite the superwoman. She's doing it. She, she's obviously killing it in Superstore, and she's also directed in Super... Like, I mean, that's the career, right? That's what you want to be in a position of, of influence, but also to be able to work in those spaces. Uh, it's a privilege. It's for good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because as great. you know, the industry, there's a lot of privilege and we and it's good to talk about these things because, uh, I mean, it boils down to to realizing that a lot of times, like for myself, that's the, the best thing about Hente Fight, which is contrary to what people should say about actors. Like when you're an actor, you should be able to have range, right? You're supposed to play all these roles and lose yourself in these roles. Well, that's a privilege because for a lot of us, we don't get that opportunity. So the fact that I get to play somebody that's like me is such a blessing to to a degree that a, a lot of people don't even realize. And the fact that people have responded so positively just shows you that that's 100% true. Like the, when they see somebody, it doesn't have to be a crazy. So let us all focus on just being ourselves and not being somebody that the industry wants us to be, which is a very myopic, you know, through a very myopic lens of what we're allowed to do and be or be in the industry uh, to play these characters that are fully, uh, completely, fully fleshed. What's the word? Fully fleshed? Fully fleshed, fully formed. Fully formed, fully fully fleshed. Fully realized. There's a lot of flesh. What I'm trying to say, there's a lot of flesh. There's, well, look, I mean, look it's it, fleshy. It's, Fulfilled? It's, it is Netflix. It's yeah. Netflix. You can have flesh. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah there's no... They, they don't they're not scared about it um so so yeah so i feel like th- let's let's tackle this and then let's get crazy and do all these characters you know like let's have range but right now i feel like it's a great moment to to show um just us and it and it and it works spiritually because it's also sending out a message that we're enough a lot of times uh minorities have to be geniuses or experts or just to be considered uh, normal right and what we're saying also is like no just you as a person you working at you know working at a taco shop you working at a whatever library that's good enough and it's just as valuable a story to tell than anything else yeah no and, and our hats off to netflix that uh, they're t- 
taking a chance with these shows. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing a lot more than regular network, network TV, television. Yeah, yeah. Um, when One Day at a Time came out, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's a Cuban family, sure. and we're Cuban, and we're like, man, they nailed like those small little details. Yeah. You know, from uh, the macaroni, the the butter tin that you put <laughs> the frijoles in yeah. to yeah. you know all that. Like that's something that is very relatable. So you know, with your show as well, it's like they're really going out there it's and doing the details. It's authentic stories, but it's not a coincidence because the showrunner Gloria Calderon Kellett, or is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. That's your, yeah. Uh, obviously knows what she's talking about. Yeah. She has complete authority over that story, and you can tell. Yeah, we interviewed her in our first season, and yeah, she says that I believe she said that most of a lot of the storylines were just based on her growing up, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. her yeah. you know with her grandmother and all that stuff. But again, you know, these are whether it's one day at a time or hintify, these are authentic it's stories. Our stories. Mm-hmm. These authentic stories because they could have so easily, you know, jumped in the minority minority stereotype bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know? And, and they did, and they're telling these authentic stories, which is ending up in great television that everybody can enjoy. And, and also we're getting away with just a, something as simple, and it's interesting to see how people react to it, the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It could be jarring for some people, but do you know why? Because I feel like they really went out of the way to make the dialogue as authentic as possible, which does not sound like how people talk in cable, mm-hmm. which does not sound how people talk in network. So you could either be like, oh, I'm not used to that. Or you could be like, oh, my God, I am completely. Re-. That's why it either works for you or it doesn't. If you're used to a certain thing, which is fine, which is also fine. We're not we're not judging. Uh, so uh, then you're not, you know, it's going to be maybe a little tough for you to, to grab onto it. But that's why I think the show works on so many levels. It works on so many. Le- As an actor, it works for actors to know that they can play themselves. As a story, it shows people that they can have value. And even the creators of Marvin and Linda's story is such a beautiful story of them just coming together and creating the show, a digital series first, then getting it on Sundance, then getting bought by Netflix, then doing the show, and then for it to come out and to have this kind of reception within the 48 hours, which, you know, not everybody has seen it, of course. Yeah, it's true because as of this, it just came out on Friday. This yeah. is, a, I mean, we're we're, we're yeah. We're, yeah. As of we're recording as of, on Monday, yeah, so don't give us Friday. <laughs> so like, and you're already like number six within their top ten yeah, shows. Yeah, top 10. we're literally trending today, top six, uh, which is something new that they just started, which is great. We're not. They started just for you guys. No, no, no. That's, that's amazing. That's great. That's amazing. Wait, you guys are Spanish, like you're killing it. Thank you're you. on this. When well, Tony and Tony also is in here. Yeah, yeah. Tony yeah. playing it's a, funny. a white banker, yeah. according because, to the New York Times, because Tony. Um, you know that a couple of weeks ago he was on our show yeah, yeah, yeah. he was down in Miami we recorded an episode and he kept this like a secret you know that we talked about a lot of stuff he didn't bring it and, up and, yeah. and, um, and Oscar is in those uh, 3500 like yeah, yeah, yeah. those uh, h Block commercials he's in like two or three commercials over the holiday break it's insane yeah. 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 and let's face it without Riza we wouldn't be here. You guys would not. That no. that is the well. She is the oil on the well oiled machine. Is, Without she her, is, she's la jefa. She's yeah, a showrunner. So, man. No, we're we're really happy that you all of you guys are doing so well and yeah. and the show. I mean, to our listeners, I mean, I we can't stress enough to watch Hentified. Um, it, it's a great show, but most of all, you're going to be supporting uh, authentic and real stories of you know the Latin community, which are the stories that need to be heard. Um, so we can't stress enough to go out and, and, and check out the show. And I'm just going to say, I mean, again, having met you and, you know, and and again, you're part, you're part of our little world now. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we could not be happier, prouder of, of your success. And like, you know, it's one thing to be like, yeah, we're proud of Latino success in general, but to see somebody who we actually know Mm -hmm. who like, you just give off good vibes, you know, and, and there's just something positive about you and you've, you've earned this, you know, you've more than earned it. And you know what, dude? 
all the happiness congratulations in the Thank world you. and having listened to your mom on Spanish I keep presenting <laughs> I, yeah. I can only imagine how happy she must be right now yes. for that's you that's why we told you we feel we know you from yeah, you know, obviously right. you guys, meeting right. you before and hanging out with you and through the podcast it's like oh it's Carlito you know yeah, <laughs> it's hard not to feel like that yeah I totally agree oh yeah and you're gonna come back on our show when you win an Emmy sure sure or okay. a Golden Globe. I think what's easier? A Golden Globe. What's easier, sag. What's easier to win? <laughs> oh, yeah. An Alma Award. Sag. Why not? Whatever. When you, when you the guys Alma get award? the Alma Award. Not the Alma. It was the Alma Award. <laughs> the Alma Award. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the- <laughs> when you can count. <laughs> hey, you win what, is, what is easier to win? Uh, well, I'm thinking an Elmo no, Award. A Golden Globe or an Emmy. I, I love that question. Oh, yeah. What's easier to win? Guys, hey, seriously. This is what's I want if I was gonna win an award, which one do you think I should win? Well, the, the, Emmy, the Emmys of the Academy. Yeah. So I would well, go. Well, the Golden Globe is only like forty people. No, but I was saying I. Well, never mind. That's that's for him to answer. Look, <laughs> hey, let's let's cross that bridge when we get there. Let's gra- yeah. let's cross that award bridge when we get there. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, you know, much success to you guys and thank you thank you so much for taking time out of your super duper busy schedule thank you to um to be with us so thank you and we're back i always do that i always it happens in my head sometimes i let it out carlos was a great interview you know what i loved about carlos and you could tell that he's a professional that he was very he's very good on talking points well i mean he was a host yeah he was no, a host. But you know he what knows I mean? how to, and he's still a host because we're Spanish Aki. Yeah, yeah. But but he's very good on talking points. He knows what to say. Like, oh, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Keep it engaging. Keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. Keep it engaging. Come keep on, it moving. Keep, keep, keep it going. Come on, come on, come on. See, I was like, oh, my God. This is one of the easiest interviews we've ever done. That's <laughs> like, true. We didn't have to pull things out. No, no, no. At all. Él terminó de comer su salmón. Yeah. Y después he sat along with us. You know, a little behind the scenes. We, you know, we love everybody who comes on the show when we interview. But some, some interviews are harder than others. And again, he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. You know, so and, and, and he, he, as you heard, was a host, you know, in his previous life. Uh, well, he, again, still a host on Spanish Aki. And it, it, he gets it. He yeah. knows how to. He's, how a to prof- he's a professional. He's a professional. A professional. So, so. anyway, so Las Coco of the Desert. I'm Las a little sodas. thirsty. Yes, it's time for our Las, Las sodas. sodas. So. I want to give my last soda. I think I may have given my last soda to her before. Eh, people get thirsty. Yeah, but I'm going to give it to her again because we've met her. Hopefully one day we could get her on the show. And I freaking love her. My last soda is going to Ana Navarro. Oh, okay. You know what? We, we we may have given it to her, but yeah. Um, we we met Ana Navarro last year. We posted in here on our mm-hmm. Instagram page and we talked about it. She was she was she was great, but what I loved about her was that she's as like animated in person as she, she is she don't give a fuck you know yeah. she is Ana yeah. it's, it's what you see on tv is not a it's, character right. That's that Ana is her and, so, again, and we met her at a book launch party yeah. for burger beast so we couldn't be any further removed yeah. from and she the was spotlight she was great and anna you have an open invitation Whenever to come you show want, my love. because we will love her anyway so in reference to el perro comunista the bernie sanders love it i love it i love it perro comunista. it's never gonna get old so anna has a little bit of a salty tongue on twitter which we totally love that's why we love her okay so this <laughs> and oh my god and you know it was so bad because when this whole Bernie thing Sanders happened, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't wait to watch it on the View. Like, you don't understand. Like, being such you a live big for fan that. of the View, when something big happens, I'm like, oh my god, the View can't come on fast enough. Actually, they spoke about it on the View on Tuesday, and I got to the office late. I'm like, I'm not waiting. Till ah, I- one of the perks when you own the office. I'm like, I'm not waiting till I get home later at night. I am watching this the is view live, live, baby. Now, anyway, but Anna's not on the View on during the week. She's always on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn it. 
Anna's not going to be there today. Yeah, that was my first question to you. But she did tweet, and this is her tweet, and I absolutely She's love it. Very active on Twitter. I was born in Nicaragua. My parents live there. My husband was born in Cuba. I did not know she was married. <laughs> yeah, she, she got married in a couple of years Recien, ago. Re okay. Recently. The Castros and Ortegas are corrupt, anti-American, murderous thugs. They jail, they jail, kill, torture, starve, beat, and persecute political dissidents while enriching themselves. There's no fucking bright side, period. <laughs> I was like, that was so her, so perfectly. I'm said. gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say something. The views expressed by Ana Navarro are pretty damn close to the views expressed by Pero let me tell you. The views expressed by Ana Navarro are, are the views pretty expressed damn, by Pero. Pretty let damn me tell you word Pero, for let me word. Tell you Productions LLC. Yes, pretty damn word for word. Pretty damn from word for word. So, you know, I love it. I love that she kind of cursed. You know, no filter. Say it like it is. Because when you're talking about Pero Comunitas, you have to say it like it is. No argument for me. I mean, what am I going to say? Like, no, you have to consider your words. Like, no, fuck that. So, fuck that. So this soda is for you, Anna. Yes, Anna. And again, we hope. Hopefully, one day you will join us in person, and we can we can regale you with sodas live. Um. So my my last soda actually goes to to a small. No, it goes to a small little company you may have heard of. Um, Why yogurt? No. Do they still exist? I think so. Is it like one right next to that know. last blockbuster in Alaska? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's um a little Sears. company you may have heard of, um, Netflix. Oh, Netflix. May have heard of them oh, yes. once or twice. Heard of them. Once or twice. Um I think they're in the streaming business. They or like do, uh, they might mail DVDs. Yeah, I think they mail DVDs. I think they mail yeah. DVDs, yeah. Um but no, the reason I, I'm giving my last soda to Netflix, it's kind of touching on something that we we discussed more toward the end of Carlos's interview, which is in the last couple of years, I've noticed that they've made a very strong, concentrated effort in terms of Latino representation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Hentified, the ever-expanding universe of Ashley Garcia, which is um, executive produced by Mario Lopez, stars Giancarlos Canela, eh, Cristela Alonso. There's On My Block. Of course, One Day at a Time. There's One Day at a Time. There's La Casa de las Flores. You know, there's... Is La Casa de las Flores, Veronica Castro, is that an original Netflix mm -hmm. production? Yes. Okay. That is an original Netflix production. So, because I know it's shown on Netflix, but I thought maybe they acquired one the of those answer. international mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Um, no, that is a Netflix production. So, you know, I, I think it, it speaks to their recognition that the the Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, Spanish speaking market, however you consider yourself, it's not just about putting dollars against it because the reality of it is that at the end of the day Netflix is not advertiser based so they're not making money off of it from that perspective mm -hmm. so I have to assume that a big part of it is just them realizing representation matters yeah they actively wanted to be you know inclusive right a representation actually matters and you know for that I know it's very easy with big corporations to dismiss as like oh that's just them paying lip service and what have you but I think again in a case like Netflix where they're not uh, trying to appeal to advertisers you know so it's not like they're making money off of it quote unquote um I definitely applaud it and they're they're giving an opportunity for these voices to be heard and I think if more of us stop to listen to each other's voices we'd probably be a little bit better Mm-hmm. Good for Netflix. Yes, sir. And so, good for Anna Navarro. Anna and Netflix. Anna and Netflix. Maybe she should be on Netflix. That's a nice combo. <laughs> she should have a show on Netflix. I know, right? The Anna I I'd I'd watch that. Uh hell yeah. So um if you want I'm telling you. 
if you want the like Ana Navarro's greatest hits, mm-hmm. look up Ana Navarro on like CNN. When she starts filing her nails. Filing her nails. When she's filing her nails. There's some guy there, I think he's a Republican, talking like, and she's like filing her nails. She's like, Anna, what are you doing? She's like, I'm filing my nails because I'm just so over and bored with what you're saying or something she said like that. And there's another one that she's like throwing popcorn. It's it's great. She's wonderful. Again, Anna, please join us. We will go to where you are. We will literally, like, I will show up anywhere at a Shake Shack. You know what would be great Don't care. since she's Nicaraguan? To like interview her, like a freaking novillo. Because Ooh. like eating with eating churraco. Or like a, a, like a frita, is it fritanga morimbo? Fritanga, no, no. It's not about her. We're not going to take her to fritanga. But she probably loves fritanga. I'm sure she does, but we got to take her to like Los Rancho or novillo. No, we're going to keep it real with Ana. Um, you know, the steak tips with the jalapeno sauce. We're oh going to keep God, it real so with Ana. Actually, you know what? I love Nicaraguan food. More. Well, I don't... Like You're not a huge fan of Cuban food. Nicaraguan food, their they're rice. It's oh, so good. Oh the I'm sure they put crack in that thing. Probably. Like when I go to a novillo or a Los Rancho, you know, they serve you the rice from like the big platter they bring. Yeah. And it's like total silence. The man starts booting it in my plate. Just I'm say like, when. I'm like, You're I'm like... not saying when anytime soon. You're going to run out of rice before I say <laughs> when. Just, Déjame plata aquí. Total. Para que lo dejate que lleva para And it's just going to be in your way. Anyway, bueno, we hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. This was a full packed episode. It was a full packed episode. We hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. And remember to grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your jupiña. And thank you for joining us. And that was episode. 99 our last double digit episode oh my god we're in the triple digits we're in the triple digits so episode 100 next so thank you everybody again for listening and have a great weekend and pedo friday and happy friday yes bye mi gente Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaflex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 